you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by Caesars Rewards. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, masking and socially distancing when and where possible. Hopefully you are doing the same. We are about a week and a half from actual NFL football. It is weird to think, considering how the offseason has gone, but we're excited about it. Big show today. We will talk some big RB news that has come down the pipe in the last 24 hours or so. And also, for you gamers out there, especially you Madden freaks, we've got a surprise coming up at the end of the program, so you will want to stay tuned for that. But before we dive too much into it, let's talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murph. Latest on the air conditioning saga where you are. Still not fixed. I mean, luckily it's uh, <laughs> it's been sh- like chillier out here during the morning, so the windows are open. I'm I'm wearing long sleeves. I'm okay for now. I think it will be fixed uh, before Labor Day weekend, but uh, it's just still an ongoing thing. But like I said, I'm I'm better mood. Uh, I had my uh, 15 like almost 15 years. I've been in the same fantasy league. We had our draft yesterday, and now my phone just going crazy because Kamara, Fournette. I drafted Jalen Rager, uh, so that looks like a, a bad pick because uh, he's you know at least out for four weeks. So it's craziness right now. But you know what? It's fun. Football's back. I think we all need that. So uh, I'm good with it. No, absolutely. And uh, hey, at least the the mild Mediterranean climate we have here in Southern California is going to help you out. You know, the breezes and the wind kind of picking up uh, kind of a a nice respite. So uh, keep us updated. Hopefully everything (laughs) works out. Hopefully hopefully you get AC before it actually becomes like literal fall in Los Angeles. One more week and then the weather's going to turn. It's not going to even matter. So that's what's going to happen. There you go. Uh, we got plenty to talk about on the show, and to help me do that, it is uh, one of my favorite guys on the interwebs and in the fantasy industry. It is the one and only Denny Carter. He is a writer at Roto World. He is also the owner of DraftDayConsultants.com. Had him on the show a couple summers ago and wanted to have him back. Denny, appreciate the time. How are things in your corner of the world? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, things are are hot and humid as usual in Maryland. Um, you know, you this West coast talk about, uh, different kinds of weather. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't understand it, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> pretend, I'll, I'll pretend to for now. It's just, it's just hot and humid here. Uh, yeah, I, I understand. I, I have spent some time in the DMV, especially this time of year. And I know how miserable it can be. Uh, in fact, I remember once being in DC, uh, right around this time of year and hearing them say that the, the trains, the subways weren't running because it was too hot and the yeah. tracks were getting soft and, that sort of broke my brain. I didn't yeah, understand that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you should try to be uh, in the train when it's that hot. Oh. It is just uh, the worst. I mean, you 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 can't get away from people. I mean, I, I wouldn't ride the metro now, you know, if you paid me a million bucks, but well, maybe <laughs> maybe a million. But uh, the, you know, back then, uh, it was so hot, so uncomfortable. You would you would leave the train and just be dripping. It was terrible. That sounds miserable. Uh, speaking of miserable, I guess that's a transition to Jacksonville, where <laughs> 
they seemed unhappy for a long time with Leonard Fournette, and they seem to have solved at least part of their problem in the sense that the Jaguars have now separated from Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. He was released after three seasons earlier on Monday. So the first question is, Denny, I mean, I know people have had drafts already. Some still have drafts to come. But if you have drafted Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. what should you do right now? I think you hold tight for just a little bit, um, you know, see where he lands. He's, he's going to land somewhere. Um, and honestly, it it might not be a terrible landing spot. You know, I, I know that we've seen uh, some unconfirmed reports that he that New England may be interested, you know, that um, Washington, you know, Washington is a slightly less uh, appealing spot. But um, he's going to land somewhere if you drafted him, if you drafted him in the third round. You know, what are you doing? I don't know. But, uh, um, you know, but I did see him in several drafts, you know, fall fifth, sixth, seventh round sometimes, you know, depending on the kind of league. Um, and of course I'm referring to myself who got him in the sixth round a few weeks ago, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you, you, you just have to hold and hope that he has some role in the team he goes to next. It, you know, it might be, you know, somewhat better than it was, than it would have been in Jacksonville where he was on the outs. Uh, anyway, um, that's a, that's a slightly, you know, uh, optimistic way of, of putting it, but, um, I don't think that you you should immediately drop him for somebody. I agree completely. I think I was sort of on that train of just avoiding him at where his ADP was. Uh, my, my mantra had been, I can't get excited about a running back that his own team isn't excited about, which was the case with Fournette, kind of this whole offseason. But I do think regardless of when he gets picked up, maybe it's not immediately, but – Injuries are going to happen. We know that that COVID infections are probably going to happen. That is going to create need in some spaces. So if you drafted him, I'm with you. Hang on to him. Just understand that you are not going to get that third round value that you were hoping for, which is why I think a lot of us were sort of saying to avoid him at that spot. What does this mean now for the Jacksonville backfield? Is there anyone there that you have any interest in uh, now that Fournette is gone? I see a lot of uh, chatter about drafting uh chris thompson now you know and he played with jay gruden and jay gruden's offense in washington uh now he's in jacksonville fournette's uh release does not change uh thompson's prospects i mean he's not going to be now used as a three down back he he never was going to you know he they could suffer another two or three running back injuries chris thompson likely still will not be a three down back so uh you know he's he's going late in drafts I, i still think you know he's he's worth a pickup especially in leagues with uh, you know, lots of flex spots, maybe some deeper leagues. Uh, but I don't think things change a lot for him. Now, you obviously have Ra- Raquel Armstead. Uh, he he was on the COVID list. Uh, I think that was a little bit of a setback uh, in, in them, you know, the Jaguars being able to develop him uh, for, and get him ready for this season. Maybe he's not a great uh, pickup, a great fantasy start to start the season. Um, but he should obviously, I think, be owned in every league, you know, 10, 12, 14, 10, whatever he needs to be. He, I mean, he needs to be picked up and rostered in those leagues. I, I know Armstead, I think, by the depth chart seems to be the next man up. I'm with you on Chris Thompson. His role seems pretty much locked in. I also suspect that with the Jaguars moving on from Fournette, that to me, indicates that they want to get some of their younger backs to look. So that means Armstead. Uh, that means Divine Ozigbo, who I think is kind of the, the hipster pick, I guess, if, <laughs> if you want to look at that backfield. I had people hit me up and mention James Robinson's name, who seems like a super deep cut. Like, yes. 
I, I know that undrafted free agent rookie running backs can sometimes make an impact. See Philip Lindsay, for instance, but this just seems like a big stretch in an offense that doesn't project to be very good. Um, I just, I have a hard time with the James Robinson. You know, look, I, I guess if you're in a dynasty league and you want to feel like you're outside of the box and you're thinking right. ahead of the curve, maybe do it. Uh, I just don't see a lot of interest there for, for 2020. That's yeah. Just- yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Robinson and Ozigbo are definitely the um, two cool for school pickups, and I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm guilty of that as well. You know, and, and, but uh, if if those three are available, Armstead, Robinson, and Ozigbo, I think you just go ahead and pick up Armstead. Don't you know? Don't don't overthink it. Also, let's not you know pack our rosters with Jaguars running backs. You know, let's, <laughs> let's uh, you know take it easy on, on that front. But uh, you know, if you are in a deeper league where Armstead is already rostered. You know, I think it, it it might make sense if you have a deep bench, you know, and you're looking to stash some running backs uh, to, to pick up one of those two, you know, Robinson or Ozigbo. Ozigbo has has flashed in camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's gotten some some work and he's gotten a lot of praise since mm-hmm. uh, or when when Armstead went down with with COVID or was on the COVID list, I should say. Uh, but I I think no truer words were spoken than let's not stack our rosters yeah. with Jaguar running backs. I feel like that. <laughs> That's just, the key. That's the key takeaway. It just seems <laughs> seems suboptimal to me. I don't know. Indeed. Speaking of suboptimal, uh, reports from Adam Schefter are that Alvin Kamara has had unexcused absences from pa- practice for the past three days. It could be contract related. That was about as much as his original cryptic tweet would say. What should our level of concern be that we are 10 days out from the start of the, the regular season, I guess two weeks out from the start of the, the Saints season, and Alvin Kamara is holding in, holding out, not on the yeah. practice field? Should we panic now? I don't know if it's time to panic quite yet. You know, I think we need some, some, some of these reports confirmed either by the team or by Kamara's agent. You know, but he is going in the top five picks right now. And, and, you know, it's high leverage spot in the draft, the highest leverage. So I couldn't blame it. If you have your draft today, I wouldn't blame you for hedging a little bit on Kamara. You know, he, he probably doesn't, won't have, uh, you know, more leverage than he does right now in the lead up to the season to get a new contract. And I hope he does. Obviously he's a fantastic running back. Uh, but I, I don't think that we can, we should completely fade him. I think that if he drops a little bit in the first round, you go ahead and and, and take him in. Um, and t- unless we get, you know, like I said, those reports that say no, no, this is a serious holdout situation. In which case, uh, Latavius Murray becomes, I mean, a, a, a gotta have him pick, um, and, and probably will rise into, you know, probably the fourth, fifth round at that point. I have not been shy about taking Alvin Kamara with the third overall pick when I've had it. That's how confident I have been in him. And maybe this is just to validate myself. I'm trying not to be nervous. I'm trying not to be concerned. (laughs) I I feel like this is him sort of making a point and trying to get the Saints to sort of budge on any potential contract. So I'm I'm still hoping that everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Latavius Murray. And because Twitter likes to try and, again, jump out ahead of things, I've seen some Ty Montgomery mentions there. Do you have any level of interest in Ty Montgomery on your fantasy roster? Uh, is he still wearing 88 as his number? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is important. Now, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if Kamara is really out, 
uh, you know, for any significant amount of time, then, you know, one would think that Montgomery would get some play. You know, is it a role that we can, you know, depend on? No, I, I don't I don't see that happening, uh, you know, with with Murray in there. And, you know, M- Murray is has been shown to be a decent pass catcher, in, in, mm-hmm. you know, um, in his time in, in Minnesota and a little bit in New Orleans. Uh, and then they have, you know, Taysom Hill to to take away some of those rushing opportunities. So uh, I think, you know, Montgomery is a, is a gadget type player. Um, and, you know, I, I know this is comp out advice, but if it's um, if you're in a deep league, maybe. <laughs> but but no, no. In a regular size, in a regular size 12 team league, I think you can use your bench in a, in a better way. Between Ty Montgomery and Taysom Hill, are there two bigger gadget sort of fly in the ointment fantasy players on one team. I feel like, I feel like Sean Payton is going to be the death of us as fantasy managers with these guys out there. Totally agree. Yeah. His, if it does feel like he he's trolling us with, with Taysom Hill in particular, (laughs) you know, when Taysom Hill takes that snap at the two yard line, uh, you know, you're just, I mean, whether, whether you have rostered Drew Brees, whether you've rostered Michael Thomas or Latavius or Kamara, uh, it just feels like, come on, you know, let's let's have some a little <laughs> bit of certainty. Just just give us that, Sean, please. Never forget, Sean Payton gave Kobe Fleener a goal line carry over Mark Ingram one year. Just, wow. Just just keep that in your back. Pocket. Never forget. In Chicago, Matt Nagy says he won't announce a starting quarterback <laughs> before their opener. We know there's a battle going on between Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles in Chicago. What is the best possible outcome for our fantasy desires with this? Uh, maybe Tyler Bray, uh, <laughs> who's the, the third stringer right now. No, I mean, uh, it's funny. You know, they, they play the Lions, the Bears play the Lions in week one. And it's like, I feel like, you know, like Nagy's like, I'm playing eight-dimensional chess against Detroit. You know, like uh, I'm, they'll never know what will hit them until the first uh, series when I send out my starting quarterback. It's it seems a little silly, but uh, I I think I think actually we will know. I think some you know beat beat writer somebody connected to the team will say yes. You know Trubisky's starting. I would guess it's it's Trubisky uh, to start to start week one. Um, you know as far as like the pass catchers, Allen Robinson and and uh, uh, Anthony Miller and everything. Uh, I I don't I don't know if any of this quarterback nonsense really affects them too much. I mean we know we've known this right. I mean this is not a surprise that that the bears are in just, you know, absolute quarterback hell right now. If I had one wish, it would actually probably be to create some sense of normalcy uh, and safety in the United States as what we know it right now. But if I had multiple wishes, (laughs) one of them would be spent on Allen Robinson and making sure he gets some quarterback help at some point in his life after going from, you know, Blake Bortles to whatever he's going to have in Chicago here. That I feel like that's not too much to ask. Uh, He's earned it. Yes. Oh, my. can you imagine, you know, Allen Robinson in Green Bay? Oh, my God. It'd be great. It would be fantastic, no doubt. All right. We are closing in on the end of fantasy draft season. I think we're coming up on a weekend where a ton of people will be drafting if they haven't already. One of the big topics generally in most fantasy draft seasons, but I think especially in this season, is whether or not it is okay to use the zero RB drafting theory. I know this is a favorite topic of yours on Twitter.com, where if you don't follow Denny, by the way, you should absolutely do that at CD Carter 13. But 
the prevailing theory has been that you've got to go get running backs early, and, and that is what we've seen in a lot of drafts. Is this a good, actually, year for zero RB? If so, why would that be? It's a good question, Marcus. And I am, I'm always happy to spread the word of zero RB <laughs> wherever I go. Uh, you know, zero RB, I think it doesn't really have a place in, say, like a 10-team league where, where you can start two or three receivers um, because zero RB really is, is about piling up receivers in leagues where you can start, you know, f- four up to four, maybe sometimes five wide receivers, depending on the amount of flex spots you have, the num- number of flex spots. Um, I think that the depth of wide receiver, of reliable, high-volume wide receivers, uh, is being overblown uh, this year. Uh, in, and I think that when people look into the third, fourth, fifth round and say, why would I take the guys in the first couple rounds when I can just take these guys? Now, there are like lots of really nice options in that third, fourth, fifth round, but to just completely ignore the first and second round receivers that, that you know going off the board, uh, I think will be a mistake in most formats now in most formats. Um, if I if just for me personally, if I have a top three pick uh, in this year, I'm probably going with a running back, you, you know CMC Barkley or actually Camara until this news. So, you know, maybe <laughs> I need to adjust, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, if I have a pick outside of those top three, um, my, my first pick off the board would be Devonte Adams. So that's, uh, it's a, it's a strategy. Zero RB is a strategy primarily that helps you build a volatile lineup. Now a volatile lineup, you know, can be bad you know volatile is is sometimes a a bad word right Mm -hmm. uh but it it can also be be great because the the idea of it is to uh stock up on the game's most productive best receivers and then spend your late round picks your middle and late round picks at running back on guys who could emerge as every down options if you know the breaks go their way if the the starters in front of them miss time so you end up with a team with a lot of good receivers and a lot of good running backs. And, you know, that's, that's the goal. Now, does that work every time? You know, no, <laughs> of course not. I don't know if any, <laughs> I, I'm still waiting. I'm still looking into the strategy that works every time. Um, but, but it's that high, high variance sort of approach to the game uh, that I, I think can lead, you know, lead to a lot of points, lead to fantasy championships. I know with draft day consultants, I know you work with a lot of people who have drafts and they're looking for advice and and you try to give them sort of one-on-one attention when it comes to that. This is a theory when when it comes to like true zero RB, not a modified version where maybe you get one running back here. It really is kind of a a jump into the deep end of the pool sort of thing. You don't just kind of wade in for people who are thinking about it, but who maybe are a little bit on the fence about it. What do you say to them to try and reassure them that that it's going to be okay? Yeah, that's a great question, Marcus. I uh, yeah, part of you know what I do at Draft Day Consultants now, just you know for background, we we will draft whatever kind of team you want. So if you tell us no zero RB, thank you, please, then we say okay. But <laughs> but if you're open to it, uh, then I and other consultants would hold your hand and say, here's how you put together this team. It's gonna it's gonna be strange, and it's not gonna feel right. It's not gonna look right. Uh, you're going to be taking, you know, lots of, you're going to be skipping over lots of running backs who you would otherwise really, really want on your roster. Um, but I think once you explain the, the, the thought process behind r- building your roster that way, uh, you know, most people get it. You know, most people say, oh, okay, I see, I see. Now I may finish 
10th in my league, but if, if everything hits and everything comes together nicely, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to be in it to win it. So, uh, yeah, no, lots of people have lots of questions about like, um, I'm, I'm curious about zero RB. Uh, I, I know about it. I, I think I get it, but I'm terrified of it. And, and so we try to help you through that. I love that we're talking about zero RB as though it were a prescription drug that's advertised on television. <laughs> You're, right. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. yeah um, don't, don't worry. I'm the, I'm the doctor. I, and that's a problem if, if I'm your doctor. <laughs> uh, for, for people who do this, though, what, what are some running backs or who are some running backs, I should say, that, that you're suggesting people target if they go with the zero RB theory? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are... Uh, a, a wide range of type of running backs you could take, you know, guys who I end up getting a lot, uh, Kareem Hunt, depending on if he falls a little bit below his ADP, um, you know, uh, AJ Dillon, uh, Tony Pollard, uh, Latavius is another one, mm-hmm. you know, and um, you, you just get running backs uh, whose role is cemented or seemingly cemented. I guess nothing is, is de- definite uh, in 2020, but uh, as, as the guy, who would inherit a decent or full workload if the starter goes down. So like Tony Pollard in Dallas, you, we would think that he, he'll get a, a good amount of touches if anything happens to Ezekiel Elliott. So, uh, you know, those are, those are a few guys. I don't, I don't have the, the draft board up in front of me, but uh, there, you know, there, there are others, you know, and um, the LA backfield, uh, the Rams backfield, I should say is um, there are enough questions that I, I think that, <laughs> You can even still take a shot on uh, on Henderson late in drafts, even though he's he's banged up, um, just in case you know the the um, acres doesn't doesn't work out. So, Carry On Johnson is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess I could just sit here and name name them all day. But uh, you know anyone you know you evaluate, and it, it's not really a dart throw. You know I, I don't I, I don't see it as like a dart throw type of of, of strategy. There is a, a process. You want uh, players mm-hmm. who you know will get good opportunity if the starter goes down i'll just ask you about one in particular what do you think about antonio gibson who's kind of been a big time hype bunny yeah. especially after the release of darius guys but i think in the last couple of days i feel like i've seen a ton of antonio gibson hype i love hype bunny by the way that's a, <laughs> thanks that's a, that's a good that's a good punk band name the, um i i'm a little bit torn because i think that he sometimes gets out of the zero rb range Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe his ADP is still in the seventh round in 12 team leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's, he's the kind of upside play, you know, does, I think, does he have downside? Yeah. I think that, you know, a, a, an inexperienced running back, a guy comes into the league with 33 carries, um, probably has a little bit of downside in his rookie season. And, uh, so you have to, you have, you have to risk that, you know, you have to know that going in, but he certainly profiles as, the type of back who you could who could be really really great for your team, uh, especially if you're in need of plug and play running backs. If you if you go with a wide receiver heavy approach, well, I think the the big takeaway is, and I know this is the basis of the zero RB theory when Sean Siegel put it out those many years ago, mm-hmm. because of the fragility of the position, because guys unfortunately get injured or even guys underperform we will see a number of running backs there so mm-hmm. i know that that is that is the underlying theory right that because mm-hmm. opportunities will present themselves there's always going to be somebody out there that we don't expect and it's uh it's just about trying to find those guys right right yeah and and 
it's a, it's also about being aggressive on your waiver wire. You know, mm-hmm. that that's that's a key. If you're if you're going with this approach, you know, any any running back who pops up on your waiver wire who's going to see carries in the wake of, of an injury to the starter on his team, uh, you know, that needs to be your guy. You know, you need to you need to roster him. All right. I, I can't have you on my podcast <laughs> and not ask you about kickers, because if there's another thing that is in your Twitter wheelhouse, it is talking about kickers. And I know that there are plenty of leagues where it's a down with kickers and it, it brings you know, pitchforks and torches and all that sort of thing. But in a lot of leagues, they are still a part of the game. One, why should we embrace kickers in fantasy football? Man, another thing, I'm very happy to spread the word on, <laughs> on, on zero RB and kickers. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, so kickers are uh, not a crapshoot, you know, and I think that that's kind of the the bad rap that the, the position gets in fantasy is like, is like, eh, any kicker could go off at any time. Well, I mean, can we not say that about a lot of positions in fantasy? But, mm-hmm. you know, statistically, you know, kick, kickers are uh, a fairly predictable position, also very replaceable, you know. And, and so um, I think that there's a misconception, like on Twitter, I, I see people saying, oh, you know, you, so you take Justin Tucker every time you take Harrison Butker. Uh, Will Lutz? No, I mean I, I I do what you're supposed to do, and I wait until the last round and draft a kicker, or the, se- <laughs> the second to last round. You know that there's really no reason to 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 reach for a kicker. Um, uh, but th- you know the 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 process for finding a weekly kicker is is pretty straightforward. You want a a kicker who is likely to see neutral or positive game script. That means that the kicker will be kicking field goals throughout the game. You know, and and won't be in a position where his team is is chasing touchdowns in the third and fourth quarter um and you want a a kicker on a productive offense um usually even even if that's just yardage you know uh, uh, we saw last year the tampa bay bucks were not very good but matt gay finished as the fourth highest scoring kicker in fantasy um so those you know those are the things we look for and i think they certainly should have a place in the game do sleeper kickers exist? I feel like sleepers in most <laughs> other positions are gone, but maybe there's a chance that sleeper kickers are a thing. Is that possible? I, I think it is possible. Uh, you know, I think that the, most of the focus, because you know, people are not, you know, grinding over 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 kickers and like you know making excruciating decisions on on kicker, and that, and that's fine. It is a very replaceable position, just like quarterback in one quarterback leagues. Um, but people do spend a lot of time on quarterback. Uh, yeah, yeah, there there are because a- outside of the the top four or five uh, options, you know, there there will be guys who are in offenses, kickers who are in offenses who put up a lot of yards and uh, put up a lot of points, and we'll give them that opportunity. We're we're not looking for kickers who make long field goals necessarily. We're not looking for super accurate kickers, even which it sounds weird, but we're just looking for kickers who have the most chances to put up points um and and so yeah there there are some some sleeper type thing it depends on how into the position you are i guess uh the 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 pitchfork wielding folks are 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 not into it but but if if you're not uh wielding a pitchfork you know coup from atlanta is is an example of a guy Mm -hmm. who i think you know could easily he was number one kicker in fantasy for the last six or seven weeks last year so i think he could emerge as as a, a top kicker once again so before I let you go, who is the greatest fantasy football kicker of our lifetime, and why is it Doug Flutie? Oh, the the drop kick. The drop kick, right? Man, you know, um, I was a Dolphins fan for a long time, and uh, 
and that that was against the dolphin and that hurt <laughs> that hurt because it was it was making a mockery of of the dolphins like bill belichick was sending sending out his his 44 year old backup quarterback to go drop kick a, an extra point or maybe it was Phil. I don't remember, but and, and he did it. And Belichick's la- laughing. I mean, literally, like a smile on Bill Belichick's <laughs> face. Very. It was a very surreal moment and, uh, and a, a dagger to the heart. But yeah, you, you might be right about Flutie. Yeah, I mean, not only did he get you those kicking points that one time, uh, he gave you passing yards <laughs> and rushing yards as well. Uh, Denny, always appreciate the conversation. For folks who don't know where to find your work, can you give them just a rundown of, of where they can find you? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, so I work for Roto World. Uh, I write a weekly piece there. Um, I co-host the podcast Living the Stream. And if you'd like to check out draftdayconsultants.com, we help you draft. Uh, also, can you tell Rotopat to keep that mustache all year long, that he is not allowed to shave that thing because it's glorious? I'm, I'm anti-mustache. I can't, I can't help it. I, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm anti that mustache, you know, that I, I I'm, I'm trying to, I'm starting a GoFundMe actually to, uh, to bribe Pat to shave that thing off. I, I think, you know, having talked to him, I think his wife would probably donate quite a bit of money to, <laughs> <laughs> to that GoFundMe campaign. Uh, hey, Vinny, appreciate the time. Go check him out at, uh, CD Carter 13 on Twitter as well. Be good, man. We'll catch up again sometime soon. Thank you. You too. Predicting the future is hard. If over the course of the season, I get 60% of my calls right, that's a pretty good year. 60% of people showing up to the polls, though, is not nearly good enough. So this year, be sure to register and to vote. This is your opportunity to make your voice heard. So make the most of it. Register and vote in 2020. Joining me now on the show, a good friend, you know him. He was on the show just a couple of weeks ago when we did our Stronghold reunion, bringing him back to talk about Madden NFL 21 because it is that time of the year. It is the franchise, Matt Franciscovich franchise. I mean, I know I I talk to you regularly via Slack, but it's good to have you back on the show. How have things been in the two weeks since we last did this? Well, the last two weeks have been wild, man. Madden, you know, we were uh, pushing the Madden release. It's now out, available worldwide. So get your hands on some Madden NFL 21. I know we're going to talk about it, but it's always good to be back chatting with my pal, Marcus. So thanks for having me back. Uh, For those of you who don't have the Madden game, stick around to the end of the pod. We are going to give away some Madden codes for Xbox and for PS4. So stay tuned. I will tell you how to get in on that. But first, I mean, let's just talk about this, right? I mean, the the trailer came out. uh, It was hot. It was fantastic. There are some differences in gameplay because we know every year the folks at EA are trying to make this thing as realistic as possible. One of the big things is... The pass rush. I mean, talk to me. What is different with the pass rush controls this year? Yeah, so controller-wise, you can do – you have more control on the right stick. So all your pass rush moves you can do on the right stick. That wasn't the case last year. It was more like you had to mash buttons to do pass rush moves. Now it's all on the right stick. So you have more control that way. The other thing they added um, – so defensive linemen have like a budget of the number of pass rush moves you can make in a play. So you see a little meter next to your player. And if you use up all your pass rush moves on like one or two plays, you won't have any left. So the whole point is like you can do like combo plays, but you want to do it strategically. Um, so that's new. There's like a budget and you're limited to a certain amount. Otherwise you run out now on the right. other side of the ball on the right. other. Yeah. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, the offensive linemen actually, have a new AI where they build resistance to repeated moves. So like 
say you're it's a one-on-one between like Joey Bosa and whoever the offensive lineman is the whole game and Bosa's just running the same moves against the guy over the period of the time of the game as time goes by that lineman will learn hey he keeps going to my right side with whatever pass rush moves it is and he'll build resistance to that so we're gonna have legit o-line d-line battles in Madden. that's that's pretty sick yeah yeah it's pretty cool in the trench as you know as a user you're forced to sort of come up with ways maybe you rotate your linemen in and on and off the field or you change them from an edge rusher to a middle rusher so they're not having that one-on-one um, combination against the same player the entire game so you can limit that sort of resistance as the game goes on one of the other things i noticed uh, defensively uh, is that defenders in space when they make tackles they will break down now and sort of get into form to make an actual tackle as opposed to uh, look man i always felt like i was sort of diving aimlessly haplessly at guys which sometimes works out sometimes doesn't i feel like franchise this really changes things, not only defensively, but but offensively. What does it mean if you're an offensive player and suddenly you can't just make one, you know, kind of you know, half-hearted move to get by guys? It feels like this changes a lot of things now. Yeah, so, so on the defensive side of the ball, basically a breakdown tackle is like a new way to attempt a low-risk tackle. So um, basically both user-controlled and AI-controller players use them. Um, so defenders sort of anticipate contact by breaking down in front of the ball carrier and they get themselves in a better position to make a tackle and they're only effective in front of the ball carrier. So you can't be like chasing a guy from behind and do this. So that's on the defensive side, on the offensive side, they added, um, what we're calling the skill stick uh, the right stick. So basically there are new evasive moves you can train for in practice mode and learn. So, you know, like, juke and hurdle and spin you know all those moves but there are new moves called the slide hurdle you can do a dead leg now and then if you practice enough the whole point is to chain these moves together and make these crazy combinations of evasive moves to try to um, evade these breakdown tackles so if you get the timing right and you do practice mode enough and then you take it in the real game you'll see some crazy gameplay highlights um, from the ball carriers with those combo moves now, a little bit of sort of inside baseball. Uh, I know that we because we talk to you, uh, you don't you don't give away anything of what's going to happen. But you always tell us every now and then that something is coming that you get really excited about without kind of giving away the game. Uh, you sort of dropped a hint about something and, and you, you guys said you call it the yard. No idea what this is about. Please explain to us what is the yard and why should we be excited about it? Yeah, so the yard is a brand new mode in Madden. Um, it's 6v6, sort of. People have compared it to like NFL Street. It's not NFL Street, but it's 6v6 inspired by like backyard football. Like where did all the NFL stars you see today like learn how to ball out and learn all these moves? In the backyard playing football with their friends. Um, so that was the inspiration behind it. So it's 6 versus 6 You can play with – um, you could play solo with, with one buddy or two buddies against other people online. And there are crazy, you can like hurdle like three or four times in a single play. You can have uh, like 13 points. You can score 13 points on one play. There's these crazy moves where you can like jump off a guy's leg and go get the ball. You can like throw the ball behind your back or under your legs. There's these <laughs> crazy gameplay animations that have never been in Madden before. And all the games take place in these new locations. So there's like a tailgate outside of Lambeau Field. There's a location in uh, Berlin, Germany. They're all like um, fake locations. Um, 
There's, there's one called Miami port and we're going to be adding these global locations to play. The fields are different sizes. There's like house rules. It's not like your traditional football. And then the other cool aspect of the yard is you build an avatar to represent yourself. Um, so it's a really cool new mode and we're excited to see some, you know, what people do with it. So how many years have you been at EA now franchise? About two and a half. Okay. Uh, what has it been like? Because I know every year the game comes out, it gets bigger, it gets more exciting. What has it been like for you kind of behind the scenes and watching the excitement build when we get to August? That has to be pretty awesome. Yeah, it's really fun, man, because the, the development team behind the scenes, they're working on next year's game like already, right? Like we're, we're pushing out a game. They're already thinking about what's going to be in the game next year. So it's a long haul to get this to this like week where we actually launch the game and it can be out in the world and people are streaming it on Twitch. Um, but then you always get the there's like a, about a week or two when the game drops and there's some bugs and some glitches in the game that you see people post videos of and it's like there was a one crazy lev bell glitch a couple years ago where he just like sprinted like 60 yards up the field in like the blink of an eye so those are kind of funny but it also like everyone's like oh like man's broken but it's like just give it some time like they're working out the kinks also you have to understand the development teams are doing this all from home which is like next level challenging Mm -hmm. Um, so like, you know, we put out a game, but like they need the, the developers need all kinds of crazy equipment to like really make this game the best it can be. And they're doing it all from home right now. So it's been a huge challenge with the quarantine stuff and, and trying to get this out. So, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt on Twitter. Don't be mean to our developers <laughs> and just try to have fun playing Madden. It's about having fun and not being negative. So you know, there is a little bit of negativity, but we try to we try to rise above and, you know, do some code giveaways and stuff. And uh, we, we got some we got some stuff up our sleeve in the next couple of weeks for NFL kickoff. So keep an eye out. Oh, that's awesome. Um, any truth to the rumor that Lamar Jackson is going to be on the advanced PR team for next year's game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, when he he wasn't supposed to leak that it was like several weeks before we were supposed to name him as our cover athlete. And he leaked, he leaked it on like a zoom call with some media and then the Ravens tweeted it. And we were like, uh, it was just, it, it sucked. Cause we were like planning this big, <laughs> we were planning this big reveal and he just said it and they just tweeted it. So that was fun, but we've overcome the hurdles and you know, there's always challenges with these things and it's, more about how you adapt in the moment than really dwelling on on how crappy it might be that the leak came out. So yeah, uh, I'll let you know, the the listeners peek behind the curtain here. I mean, some of us the, the stronghold we have our own sort of personal Slack channel that we keep up with each other in. And knowing when we're in the getting close to Madden season, like franchise is buried, so he might not be in the Slack channel nearly as often. So I don't think we had heard from him for a couple of days, and then the Lamar Jackson leak happens, and he just comes rampaging into Slack with like seven several angry messages and then just like poof uh like kaiser soze just disappears again for a couple more days that was that was actually kind of funny um oh man that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was a good time for you maybe oh yeah no for us it was a great time uh, i know that i know that was stressful for you but for us yeah we, we got a good laugh out of it um Another big part of the Madden game, I mean, obviously the gameplay is big, the ratings, all that kind of stuff. But I feel like another big part of it, especially the last few years, has been the soundtrack and the music that goes along with it. And 
I know you are a music guy. Uh, you were, you know, you worked in the music industry before you started doing football stuff. How much of the soundtrack have you had a chance to go over? I mean, I know what Anderson Pack, uh, Rick Ross. There are some, some, a couple of big names on this soundtrack this year. Yeah, the Anderson Pack Rick Ross song is the standout. Like I got that one on repeat, like when I'm working out and stuff. Um, there's another song called Automatic by Jack Harlow, which was in our uh, reveal trailer couple weeks ago that one's a banger um there's some other i'll be i'm gonna be honest i I haven't heard i don't know who all the artists are because we're the yeah yeah like some of them are up and coming artists um but one cool thing that the music team at ea is doing with the madden soundtrack the last two years now all the songs on the soundtrack are uh, created or curated specifically for the game so like you'll hear lyrics that are about NFL players or just about football in general and the song titles and stuff all relate to football or winning or, you know, just, just name references and stuff like that. So it's cool. Cause it's like custom. These aren't songs that are already out there. They are exclusive to the Madden soundtrack and made just for us. So that's pretty cool. And little teaser, be on the lookout for new songs to be added to the soundtrack throughout the year this year. Nice. Uh, it makes me yeah. feel better when you say you don't know all the artists because, I mean, like I said, <laughs> you're a music guy. Your wife still works in the music industry. I'm just kind of an old. So, like, sometimes I look at them and I'm like, all right, well, you know, this is what the kids are listening to. So I get. But so when you say it, it makes me feel uh, a little bit better. Yeah. I, I know in real life you are a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but I got to ask, are you do you use the Steelers on Madden? Who is your Madden squad? Look, man, I I. I'm, I am a diehard Steelers fan, but I cannot come on this podcast uh, as an honest man and tell people to go use the Steelers in Madden. You're just, <laughs> you're just not going to, you're just not going to win that way. I'm going to be honest with you guys. So I'll give you some of the top teams that you could probably win a lot with if you use in Madden this year. So the top two most obvious ones are the chiefs because Patrick Mahomes, he's got, he can do it all, you know, run outside the pocket. His throw on the run is crazy. He's got a superstar X factor. And then you throw in like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and guys like that. Tyreek Hill, I think is the fastest receiver in the game. Um, so it's just a combination of skill positions there on the chiefs to, to go nuts. Then the Ravens, obviously our cover athlete, Lamar Jackson, like he's, he's a game breaker. Um, their run game, their ground game, the Ravens is unstoppable. And then you look at the uh, team, like the 49ers, they're great defense. Uh, you throw that in there and then they have, they rely on a play action passing game a lot that can grind you out some wins, uh, keeping your opponents on your toes with the play action. And then the Buccaneers, you got a little Tom Brady back there. You got some big wide receivers. You got Gronk, you got Mike Evans, like the Bucks might be one of those sleeper teams in Madden this year where people are just racking up scores, just, just those, those big red zone bodies. And then uh, the Cardinals are probably my low key favorite game. Cause Kyler Murray can, mm. can get the ball out. He's got Deandre Hopkins. They got Kenyon Drake back there. Um, and then two underrated teams, Raiders and Bengals uh, mm. might be sleepers this year. Cause the Bengals are always a sleeper. Cause John Ross has great speed. Um, so if you use that correctly and then throw a little Joe Mixon in there, you can, you can win a few games. And then, as always, right, we're going to get the weekly Madden rating updates, right, as guys do things in real football. Uh, we usually see that corresponding rise or fall in, in Madden football, correct? Exactly. And by this time of year, there should have been maybe a couple ratings updates already from preseason games, but we're not having those. So we won't get those probably to week one and we see what happens on the field. 
Um, but yeah, they, they update the ratings every week and they change the superstar X factor abilities as the season goes. Um, so there's, they're always sort of changing ratings, abilities and all that stuff. Well, and you know, you talk about the ratings changes. I'm guessing that, that your developers are at home scrambling now with this Leonard Fournette news. I would think they got, uh, they got some things to yeah. work on right now. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. And it's like, I've, I've, I slack with the guy who does the ratings. His name is Dustin. And he's, he said, it's been a really challenging to do this from home. So it's, uh, it's not as easy as it was when they were in the office, but they're still getting the job done. And, you know, really people need to play video games right now. Cause what else you got to do? So it's nice. It's nice. No doubt. Hey, tell Dustin, we appreciate his work. Uh, we will. <laughs> Uh, and so you were nice enough, right, to give us a couple of codes, right? One for uh, one for Xbox, one for PS4, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That's right. That's right. Fantastic. So if you want to be in the running to get one of these codes, all you got to do, it's really simple, just go and leave a review for the NFL Fantasy Football Show, wherever it is that you download your podcast, uh, leave a review, include the hashtag, is it MaddenNFL21, uh, that correct uh, franchise? Uh, Madden 21. Madden 21. So you leave the hashtag Madden 21 with your review, screenshot it. You can tweet it to me, uh, either, you know, at Marcus G or you can tweet it to at NFL fantasy. We'll go through them. And then on next week's show, uh, we will uh, pick a winner uh, and let you know whether or not you are the winner of uh, a copy of Madden NFL 21 franchise as always appreciate it. Love talking to you, bro. Uh, I'm sure I will see you in the Slack channel very soon, but uh, Hey, enjoy Madden season, man. We'll take it. We'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks Marcus. Take care, man. I appreciate it. And appreciate all of you out there as well. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging with the NFL fantasy football show presented by Caesars rewards. You know, the drill, tell two friends to tell two friends, rate review. And remember never put off till tomorrow, what you can do the day after tomorrow, take care of yourselves, wear a mask, and we will see you on Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.